It is Wednesday, November 17th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. Tom, we're doing it again. I, we've done this for almost a month in the in the studio. I can't really believe that we're here. Uh, but we are here. This is local independent sports coming to you uh, one hour a week. So we spend all the other hours of the week whittling through all the sports <laughs> minutiae to bring you only the best comments and uh, most <laughs> unusual sports stories. And I do think we, we satisfied that this week. Yeah, this is a little bit esoteric even for us, but come on, it, it'll, it'll work. It, we'll stay tuned for that. We'll explain it more a little bit later uh, as we get on with it. So, yeah, uh, I, a thing that I... Uh, we used to say this more, maybe more on Facebook, social media, uh, but we used to call ourselves non-shouting sports uh, radio. Yes. And we've sort of gravitated towards the indie sports radio. Yes. But I, I think we'd, we don't want to lose the non-shouting part, right. even though you and I like to talk loudly, I think. And, so. and with the masks, it's hard not to shout. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're like, can you hear me? I'm yes. not sure if I'm coming through. <laughs> and I'm like, we're wearing headphones. We've got these very expensive <laughs> microphones, but yet we're still... I'm just going to go ahead and speak at a high volume just in case. <laughs> just in case. We are both theater people because yes. we like to do that. Um, but yeah um you got to um you got to sort of participate in some theater here in Asheville in terms of sports we had uh Dent Bradford from the Asheville Buncombe Regional Sports Commission last week yeah and you got to go to sort of an unveiling of sorts uh, I did so uh one will just say uh thanks Dent for joining us last week yeah. and uh previewing the Asheville basketball tournament which we will talk about shortly and he also teased. You could tell he was like, oh, I really wanted to be able to yes. tell you what this is. Yes. But the press conference is going to be on Tuesday. So just know something really cool is coming. Something and it's cool. true. Yeah. Something really cool is coming back to Asheville. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Billie Jean King Cup, uh, previously known as the Fed Cup, yeah. which is the, the women's international uh, tennis, um, is coming back to the Harris Cherokee Center. Third time, um, right? This is the third time. They are only the second city to ever host the event for, uh, for three times. Very cool. And they were very proud about that. Is the other city like Paris or Madrid, some sort of like international thing? Or maybe it's like Des Moines or something like that. It's Des Moines. <laughs> yes. Totally Des Moines. Um, <laughs> but still, th three times. Uh, it's it's very cool. We got to go to the Fed Cup twice. We um, did. Covering it for... Asheville FM um, and and this show um, and yeah the event was great uh, we saw Billie Jean King there one of those times yes. um, I believe the second time yes she you know had, had a press conference and was great and yeah. uh, I've spoken she sort of reminds me of my mom she has a yeah. similar quality so it was just great to be in her, in her company and uh, hooray that the they went ahead and uh, named the tournament after Could, couldn't be named after a more fitting champion yeah so yeah that's going to be uh april 15th and 16th uh it'll be usa versus ukraine oh and then um winner will then go to the sort of uh, uh seven team final that will happen a, a few weeks later kind of thing so uh which is cool so uh, that is exciting so uh two days again how that tournament works is you have the first day uh, are two singles tournaments, mm. um, and then the following day are the reverse singles. So basically, if you know A played A and B played B, now right. A plays B and B plays A kind of thing, um, and then they play a doubles 
match if necessary. So if it's right. still tied at two two, the the doubles is the is the tiebreaker. Um, so uh, hooray for that. And Ukraine is so you know, we were lucky last time they played Australia. Yeah. And that really was the emergence of Ash Barty, who mm-hmm. uh, is now the yeah. number one player. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of like, oh, yeah, we got this. Like, who's this little, uh, uh, you know, spark plug <laughs> player? <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, she's really good. She's really oh, wait, she won both her singles <laughs> and her doubles match. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so it's great. But uh, Ukraine involves Alina Svitolina, um, mm. who's a fantastic player. She was a, a semifinalist in two of the Grand Slams this past year and a, a very good player. Uh, but also, she is part of uh, kind of a tennis power couple. Mm-hmm. She's married to Gael Monfi, okay. uh, who's a very, uh, very entertaining, very fam- uh, buoyant, um black French player. I thought um, you were going to break into, uh, how, how do you say, uh, flamboyant? Uh, <laughs> you say, uh, apartif. <laughs> um, um, so they're just really interesting. So I'm sort of hoping that uh, he, he might uh, yeah. stop in as well. Um, but yeah, no, hooray for... Uh, Asheville getting to kind of brag on itself, being like, uh, the USTA was like, we're so happy to come back here. It just makes sense. They really did like, and we'll talk about it more as we get closer to it, all the outreach that they did, getting kids to play tennis mm. and, and all the different things and yeah. aligning with Ingalls to do all these different programs. So uh, it's really cool. So yeah. uh, hooray for, uh, again, Depp and Aunt Asheville clearly being a place that people want to come to because things are well executed from, right. the, from the sports level. But you also know that people want to spend, uh, you know, time here if they can. Yeah, and um, it has been quite a draw. I mean, the first time we had the Fed Cup, we, or we can say we. We, we were there. Yeah, we were there. Um, Asheville is part of, we're part of we. Um, so we had the Williams sisters were there. Um, you know, Venus was competing. And then you talked about the sort of structure of it. There was sort of this, like, unnecessary doubles game mm-hmm. that they were like, we're going to go ahead and play. And so Serena played with her sister Venus as a, as a sort of comeback or part of her sort of comeback to tennis after, you know, really kind of a difficult pregnancy mm-hmm. and uh, childbirth that she um, was a part of. And so, yeah, so we got to see the Williams sisters yeah. here in Asheville for the first Fed Cup. Still amazing that that happened. And then, yeah, it, it's one of those things of like, I remember going to a Buffalo Bills game for the first time where I'm like, okay, I'm with 70,000 other people, but I'm still technically in the same room as these <laughs> professional yeah. athletes that I've ever uh, always just seen on television. Yeah. And there is still that same sense when they were there that I'm like, I'm in the same room as they are. This is pretty incredible. And then, yeah, the next year, you know, um, the we didn't have the Williams sisters necessarily, but Billie Jean King being there, mm-hmm. th- that's a big deal. Uh, and, you know, she was slightly before my time in terms of, like, women's tennis, but that's who everybody, you know, growing up talked about Martina Navratilova, Chris Everett, you know, um, you know, all of them were like, yeah, it's it, it's Billie Jean King and then the rest of us, you know. Yeah. So just in terms of star power for women's tennis, uh, it's been well represented now, in Asheville. It was great. So the U.S. did, did not uh, win last time, but we still get to see Madison Keys, Yo, who yeah. plays at a high level. And again, sort of the, the emergence of uh, Sophia Hennen, who did win a Grand Slam this past year. So it, 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 right. it, it's high level. So they will wait till closer to announce uh, who will you know, make up the two teams. A lot of that has to do with you know injuries and availabilities mm-hmm. and schedules and i'm sure they're still 
much to consider with international travel <laughs> yes. these days. Uh, but hooray. And then we'll continue the hoorays for mm-hmm. the Asheville basketball tournament ended up being, uh, you know, two really good days of, of basketball. So the, the opening was, um, Minnesota versus Western Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, Minnesota did kind of hold on as expected uh, to win that. And then it was South Carolina against Princeton. And mm-hmm. most people expected South Carolina to advance to the finals, but no, uh, Princeton, uh, w- was able to win that, um, you know, entry round game. Right. So that ended up being the final of Minnesota versus Princeton. And again, the expectation is like, well, I'm sure, you know, good for you, Princeton. <laughs> right. you, you, you had your one surprise game. But no, that championship went into double overtime wow. with Minnesota, you know, eventually prevailing. But uh, hooray for Princeton for, for showing up uh, on, on the national stage and not just being like, oh, that's so nice that they included that. <laughs> right. like, no, we play really disciplined uh, basketball. Yeah. And we also have, you know, some uh, obvious talent on this team. So I'm just happy for for Depp and everybody that it wasn't like oh, a couple blowouts, nothing really to talk about. Like no, you know they they we we interrupted ESPN two programming by extending into double <laughs> overtime. Um, so uh, uh, hooray for that! And uh, I see no reason why uh, Asheville basketball tournament will continue to be a, a great annual event. Yeah, I mean that that's really cool that it it was a great a- event building off of the Maui Invitational last year. Yeah, um, here's hoping that it'll continue. I, I did like just in you talking about it um, just now, remembering back to something that Demp said last week, where he's like, there's not many uh, colleges that have their own offense named after them, yeah. like the Princeton offense. You know, it's kind of like um, like Larry Bird writes in the right. NBA. like Or Tampa 2. Yeah, the Tampa 2, exactly. Like, Things that just uh, a moniker that gets mm-hmm. assigned because of a specific yes time in uh, in Princeton's thing. I don't think they run the Princeton offense anymore, <laughs> but um, still, uh, it's just a it's just a lasting legacy yeah. that's totally cool. No, Dartmouth runs that now. But yeah. Um, <laughs> they bought it from <laughs> Princeton. Yeah. Um, while we're saying uh, hooray, uh, Asheville and Harris Cherokee Center, uh, let's remind people. So this Saturday at the Harris Cherokee Center is the a second Asheville, mm-hmm. second annual Asheville FM Record Fair. That's right. So that's a, a really cool thing that uh, that is going on this week. And uh, you should go to our website to find out more about it. Because uh, if you have any interest in vital, um, a lot of good people are, are are bringing their A game with what they got. And I think it's also just going to be an event. Like yeah. there's going to be a DJ playing. There's going to be food and beverages, and you know, like I, you know, I've been to those kinds of things before. I don't even own a record player, but it's just kind of cool to go. There, there's yeah, a lot of collectibles type things, and yeah, they're they're just fun events. For so yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah. You want to do a break here? Yeah. So uh, as we do, we should tease what we're going to be talking about. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Uh, why don't I do that? So um, so we're going to have a guest on. Uh, her name is Nancy Sokoloff. Um, she's a little bit of a sports fan, mm-hmm. but she comes from a very um, sports-centric um, family. Um, but I noticed something on Facebook that she that she posted uh, earlier this week, and I was like, somebody just got themselves invited to an indie sports radio show. show. Um, and so she is an arts consultant, and mm-hmm. we'll let Nancy describe what, um, what that means. Um, but she's been participating in a visual arts fantasy 
kind of league. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's hard to even call it that. But so the idea of fantasy sports is like bleeding into so many different things, both as an analogy, but also as just a participation, a participatory event. And as soon as you saw that, you're like, wait, a fantasy league that I'm not in? I know. How I'm, do I join? How do I, I win? How do I join? <laughs> uh, yeah. How do, do, do I download an app? How can I beat Nancy at this right. when I've only just started? So the wheels just started turning. And I'm already mad at Mark Chagall for blowing up my bracket. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, like, keep these quips in your back pocket because, Todd, that's what I said to Nancy. I'm like, she's like, well, I can describe what it is. And I'm like, we're just going to make fantasy football comparisons <laughs> and lots of quips. Okay, we're back here on Run That Back. Um Ready to talk about all kinds of different sports-related activities. Uh, and this this is a little bit further afield. So as we teased uh, earlier, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, yeah, arts marketing um, and, and fantasy sports. Um, that's what we've got coming to you. And we're going to do this with the help of an old friend of mine, a former co-worker, it's Nancy Sokoloff. Hey, Nancy, how are you? Hey, Scott. Hey, Tom. Hello. Hey, we just got to get the volume on it. Say say hello again. Let's try that again. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's that's great. That's perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I teased this a little bit before the break, but I saw this on your Facebook page, and you were bragging about this, and I've, I don't recall ever... See, seeing you bragging about something on Facebook quite like this. So tell me, tell me what that was that you are participating in. Okay, so there is a website called Art Market Monitor, and they put out a daily like briefing of what's going on in the art world. Of course, I am in the art world. And they uh, yeah started... maybe maybe pause right there. Tell us a little okay. bit what what your job is in the art world. Okay, so I work as an art consultant for an architecture firm in Atlanta. I used to be in Asheville. With yes, you guys. Um, <laughs> and a few years back, I, we moved to Atlanta, and so I'm an art consultant. I work um, primarily buying like curating basically and buying artwork for emory healthcare and some other clients via this architecture firm that i work for nice so uh you are in the art world need to stay mm-hmm. connected to the art community and what's right. sort of happening in the business right right so yes i'm always like doing research and finding new artists and and so i get these daily um you know online websites or magazines or stuff like that that pretty much any any field might have so one of them is this art market monitor and they a few years ago started this fantasy (laughs) art collecting um and it goes with the um the actual auctions that happen the major auctions that happen both in the fall and in the spring and so and uh, what are those what are those auctions like sotheby's yeah like sotheby's christie's and phillips primarily and so what they do is they kind of collate 
and like decide, you know, we're going to offer our fantasy participants um, like 150 or 200 pieces from all three of these auction houses because they have major auctions in the fall and the spring. And so you kind of choose what you want to purchase with your fake money <laughs> yes. that they give you. <laughs> and um, you don't have to use all of your money, but you can. And then they, you know, and they kind of have, they, obviously it's not everything from every auction because that would just be way too much. So they call it down themselves and then you choose and then um, you watch what happens in the actual auction. And so there's like, so whoever like, gets like the price of that the piece goes to does that like do you like total all those up and whoever has the highest dollars out of like the pieces that you've got is that the winner is that how it works yeah so basically when an auction happens and art any auction art auction happens they give you a range so they'll give you a low estimate and a high estimate right um and so for this fantasy um, game, you're basically buying at the low estimate. Mm. And then you, whatever it actually auctions for, you either win or lose that amount per piece that you've chosen. So, for instance, um, I chose a Rothko. Nice. Um, because I love Rothko. But also, I knew that um, it was... it. It, it doesn't come up all that often. So um, its low estimate was $70 million, and its selling price went for seventy-seven five. Right. So I gained $7,500 I love this. in my, like, little bank. Um, and so some, you know, some I lost, some I gained, and... Um, so that's how it works. It works on the low estimate of whatever the auction house has decided. So Mark Rothko ends up being your Patrick Mahomes. Um, for, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and this was like a really exciting Rothko because um, it's actually uh, right now it's the highest um, auctioned piece in in this game, and also um, one of the highest pieces that any Rothko has ever gone. To in a private sale like this, that's outstanding. Or like a public sale. Just to circle back and not to assume that people know all that there is about uh, fantasy sports, we'll just talk about fantasy football. So, yeah, very similarly, if you're putting together uh, your fantasy football team, you do have a certain amount of money that you mm-hmm. start with, and then you go and buy players, and you're like, well, I'm just going to waste a lot of most of my money on Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's going to right. Um, payback and dividends each week or exactly. you can like i'm gonna save my money by some more utility players i'm gonna buy the the tight end from the Bengals, yeah who, who uh who will get some good points so it's it's a similar way to go about it which is you have a set amount of money and you sort of assemble uh what you think is gonna be the the, the team that will you know keep giving you points each week as you go up against somebody else who has taken their money to buy players um so this idea of like a set yeah. pool of money to, to, to buy commodities is, is kind of what fantasy sports is, is built off of as well. And, and Nancy, so have you, so that kind of like strategy that Tom was talking about, has it evolved as you've been playing in this fantasy art market? 
Yes. <laughs> so I've definitely learned a lot. Like I, I thought I kind of knew how these auctions worked, but um, I've definitely learned a lot and I've been trying to do a little bit more research mm-hmm. and there is like an incentive also like if you're in the top 10 you'll get a hundred bucks but you know it's not whatever it's pretty I, I can't imagine that I would actually be in the top 10 but I've definitely gotten better and have learned a little bit more about strategy and I guess that's probably the same way if you were doing like fantasy football or fantasy baseball so, um, Nancy, are there are there increments? I mean, do you, do you kind of go per auction, or is it just the the aggregate total at the end of the season? Yeah. So the the Art Bucket Monitor who has created this game has like tiers. So there are three tiers of of artwork, and you could you know just stick with like the top tier, or maybe you might want to go to all the bottom tier, or whatever. Um, so I guess that's like a strategy, but. Um, uh, for me, I've kind of gone a little bit with a little bit of each just to kind of hedge my bet. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy, I, I, this isn't quite coming through on the radio. I'm like sweating right now. I'm such a fantasy <laughs> junkie that I'm like, I, I got to get in on this. <laughs> like, how do I, how do I get, uh, yeah, this is, this is fascinating and I love the competitiveness. So like you said, like you got to finish in the top 10. How many people are participating in, in the league, if, as it were, per, yeah. uh, per auction? So it's definitely gone up. The first time that I did it in um, 2019, there were 229 people. I've looked this up, by the way, obviously, um, in the field. And I got um, in my, like, the first one was November 2019. um, And I was in two auctions then. Um, In the first one I got, I was ranked at the end 195 out of 229. So that was really not very good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This auction has um, almost 400 participants. It has 398 participants. Currently, I actually am 153rd place. Pretty good. Because um, a bunch of auctions... Uh, a bunch of pieces were auctioned um, when it, between now and like a couple of days ago when I was 25th. Oh. Um, and they were pieces that I did not have on my fantasy list. Right. Um, tonight, actually, beginning at 7 o'clock, um, and I haven't checked to see where I am now, but I think the rest of my fantasy pieces are going up for auction tonight. Uh, and, so we'll and, see where I end up. And that's on ESPN 8, right? On the Ocho. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so my, my question is, do you have rivals? Like, do you know anyone else who is playing? Because often the appeal for fantasy yeah. sports for many people is to be able to sort of talk trash, to, right. to let someone know you're having a better week than they are otherwise. So, <laughs> so do you have any <laughs> rivals that you can sort of be like, oh, yeah, that Rothko is pretty good, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a great, great question. I actually don't know anyone else who's done this. Um, because like when you go on and looked at the, look at their website, like everyone has sort of, not everyone, but most people have kind of an anonymous name. Um, and, uh, but I've seen some of the same names from time to time, but yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone in, in real life. 
And so I know that you, like you also post on social media about spelling bee, the New York Times spelling bee, and my <laughs> wife Jenny does that as well, and as does my mom. So that's a, that's a whole kind of community. But like, what is the, what was the draw for you? Was it the game part? Was it like combining game with art? Um, or maybe I don't know this about you. Maybe you're into fantasy sports and you just <laughs> never told me about that before. Yeah, I don't really know, honestly, how fantasy sports in real life work. <laughs> yeah. Like both of my kids have done like football and they might actually be doing it right now. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But for me, um, with the fantasy art, I mean, obviously I'm in the art world. And this is sort of a way to pretend that you can that you have a lot of money, you know, and just see how it goes. And I think there is a little bit of an element of like, um, I'm going to prove that I know what I'm doing, although I really have no idea what I'm doing. So <laughs> it's kind of it's just a fun thing. No, I, um, I, yeah, it's, I understand. I, I've always thought that the the fantasy sports which again doesn't doesn't uh, sit well with me but it's a it's a way to feel involved so right. uh, people use a lot of we when they talk about fantasy sports it's like no i think the players yeah. did <laughs> right. well this weekend <laughs> you just sort of compiled them in a spreadsheet right uh, but it's the same thing like winning an oscar pool like like you had something to right. do with that like oh i totally called that yeah uh, right it's like right. Well, I, I think they did all the work but yeah. yes you did check the right box so there is something satisfying to us you know uh that's we you know it's um, it's not really fantasy football; it's fantasy general managing. So right. yes, you get to be I a think, fantasy sort of, uh, yeah, art curator. Yeah, at, on a high level. Yeah, I think that's really true. I think that's really, really true. Uh, and so, if um, if I join this league, um, can we start talking trash to one another? <laughs> Well, I would be really bummed out if we didn't, so, sure. <laughs> this is great. Uh, what's the name of the, the league again? So, it's called AMM, which stands for Art Market Monitor. Yeah. So, it's the AMM Fantasy Art Collecting. That's really cool. And um, why don't we why don't we take a little break? We're actually we're going to talk a little sports with you when we do that. But uh, Nancy, this has been great, hilarious, and um, motivating. I guess is uh, the right word to say. Let's let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with Nancy. Okay, we are back here on Run That Back. Uh, we're talking with Nancy Sokoloff, who is a an art consultant by trade, but uh, and talking about fantasy art market, which is still fun to just say out loud, um, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I, yes, I did have one last question about that, which is. Um... There's my mic now. Thank um, you. <laughs> I had one question. Uh, is, is I know we're talking millions and millions of dollars, but can anyone ever be accused of trying to like influence the market? You know, I mean. Are you like oh, I dropped an ad in the Wall Street? Like I don't in the Wall Street. <laughs> right. Like I don't know how you would, but I just love the idea that you're like spreading rumors to try to like you know inflate the uh, price on the on the Rothko. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess probably the best example of that would be that um, that semi real, semi fake um, Leonardo 
depiction, mm. right, of, right. The, of, right, and so, like, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty tight. I mean, people <laughs> in these kinds of um, auctions are looking at what we call provenance, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, where, where did these pieces come from, mm-hmm. and how, you know, wanting to trace it back all the way to the artist's hand. And so it is pretty hard to to fake that, although it has been faked. So in <laughs> the past, I'm at trying times, to, trying to think but, what the fantasy sports equivalent of that would be <laughs> like if, like if the offensive coordinator for the Packers, using Aaron Rodgers as the that example again, like really wasn't calling the plays; somebody else was, mm-hmm. but they were saying. Oh yeah, they were, and yeah, I don't know what the equivalent is. You can't really fake a player. Well, mm-hmm. would it be like banging on a drum and ah, <laughs> yes, um, calling plays, <laughs> calling caling uh, pitches or whatever yes. it was with I... the Astro- Astros. Nice reference. <laughs> yeah, uh, which then Thank maybe you. takes us to uh, we were going to dare to ask you some questions about. Um, lesser sports like baseball. Um, so it's not the art market, but some people do find it uh, exciting. And uh, so, uh, Scott, I know you wanted to ask what it was for yeah. a Philly fan to be living it in Atlanta uh, during their recent World Series victory. That's right. You grew up as a Phillies fan. We've talked to your brother, Michael, on uh, on the show. We've talked to your son, Isaiah, on the show. You come from a sports family. Like, you had season tickets to the Phillies, if I remember growing up. Isn't that yeah. right? Yeah, so since you, I was like nine or or younger, and my parents, I think their first date was a Phillies game. Wow. That's right. That's great. Yeah. And so that runs deep in your family and with you. And so now here you are in Atlanta, um, and yeah, the Braves and Phillies are in the same division. They they're pretty big rivals now. Was there any kind of um, resentment on your part with the Braves, or have you somewhat adopted them? How does this all work? <laughs> well, there seems to be a little bit of a split in my family in uh, that I would like to, and I do remain a Phillies fan, and my kids who are born in the South uh, don't really want anything to do with the Phillies. So I have not <laughs> successfully brainwashed them. <laughs> so that's my bad for sure. Um, and so, but I have to say that we don't really watch games very often. Mm. When we do go to a, an actual game, we definitely go to a Phillies versus Braves game because it's just fun. Um, and we didn't go to any games this year or last year, right. um, obviously. Uh, but we tend to watch like the playoffs and then the World Series, and so we all, including me, rooted for the Braves, and it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, that's sure. great. And so, yeah, so be, they're a hometown team. It's hard not to get swept up in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it was, it was really exciting. I can't say that it was as exciting as when I've gone to, um, I've been to a lot of playoff, you know, Phillies playoffs and Phillies World Series games, and I've been in in the city when the Phillies have won the World Series, and it's just crazy. I mean, unbelievable. Much different than than what happened here. I mean, um, I actually wasn't in town for the for 
the parade that happened here, but I heard that it just like flew, like literally flew through the city at breakneck speed. <laughs> wow. And, you know, in Philly, because so many people live downtown mm. and it's such a, a sports city, um, you know, when the Phillies have won the World Series or even the playoffs, I mean, the city just is going all night. It's super loud and crazy and fun and, you know, hard to sleep for sure. And I didn't hear any of that um, here. So we don't live that far off of downtown. And it just like none of my neighbors were like, nobody was banging pots and pans. <laughs> yeah. like I would have heard in Philly for sure. Uh, there was much different talk this, there, uh, that there was a little disconnect mm. now that they have sort of moved away from downtown uh, out to the suburbs. There wasn't quite the city owning it uh, yeah. the, the way that it would have been um, yeah. five, ten years ago. Right. I, I think that's true. But I also just feel like, you know, we're such a sprawl here in Atlanta that it's just it's just different. I mean, Philadelphia is a very close knit mm-hmm. You know, everyone, li- you know, not everyone, but obviously, you know, a ton of people live downtown. It's a very livable downtown. I mean, every, you know, it's packed. Yeah. And it's just a much different scene, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, and Philly, Philly fans are uh, passionate, I think is mm-hmm. the, the, the nice word to say about the, <laughs> the enthusiasm uh, when their teams are, are, are good uh, they're amongst the best fans um, in the country uh, when their teams are bad, uh, then other kinds of emotions come out that maybe are a little more unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, the whole Santa Claus thing is, you know, infamous, right? We'll never live that one down, but, never. you know, I think that there's other cities that are, like, not, yes. not super great either, but, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, just circle back for a second. I like the idea that well, we really only go, we only watch uh, playoffs and World Series. It's kind of like Catholics who only go to mass on Easter and Christmas. <laughs> right? <you know>? yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's very yeah. funny. Hey, Nancy, yeah. thank you so much for calling in. This has been really fun, uh, educational, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to talk trash with you. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. It was. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon, Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao, guys. Bye. So I know that we have uh, Tim Jackson do the college football ranking on our uh, Facebook page. We are now going to have Nancy do the uh, 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 art auction power rankings. I, 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 think that, I think that should be <laughs> the case. Okay. We are back here on Run That Back. Our thanks to Nancy Sokolov yeah. for... Uh, for coming on and yeah, not only talking about new fantasy sports venture. Yeah. I'm going to sign up for this thing tonight. Um, and then, uh, and also talking about Atlanta, Atlanta. Braves. All right. Sports averse. We have lit the first match. Let's see where the fantasy art market goes. That's right. Uh, I do expect there to yeah be a, a, an FS one <laughs> show dedicated to it in, in a short amount of time. You uh, you challenged me once upon a time to do the historical figures yes. uh, fantasy league, and I came up with a system for it. And you were like, I started to explain <laughs> it to you. You're like, too much. I I can't even like sit through this. So yes, uh, uh, we were talking about. Um, yeah, baseball, talking about the fantasy art market. We did get a report in 
from uh, old friend Matt Pagoshnik, mm-hmm. who's been on the show a number of times talking about curling. Also, he is a giant Formula One fan. Yeah. And so he sent a missive to us. And right. so I, I, we need to report on this. So the Brazilian Grand Prix happened this weekend. And, um, and so there was a lot happening. It was, it's a big event as part of the overall Formula One mm-hmm. season. What's, what's big about this is Lewis Hamilton, who's been like dominating the sports yeah. over the last decade, is not actually winning. Uh, he is, he is kind of trailing Max Verstappen, uh, which is an awesome name. Loved it. Sounds like he directed Robocop. Um, but um, so this is only the second time Lewis hasn't been a shoe in for the championship in eight years. He's dominated the sport. Um, and so if Verstappen wins, then Hamilton won't win. And so this is a thing where like because of everything that's happened with COVID over the last couple of years, also uh, sort of the uh, racial equity stuff that has been um, happening within the sport as well. Hamilton has really been outspoken about mm-hmm. that. He is he is black and talking about the inequities that are within his sport. Um, and so people are actually kind of rooting for him after kind of rooting against him mm-hmm. all of this time. And so um, so going into the, um, the Grand Prix, um, there's all these kind of qualifiers. He got disqualified from one of the qualifiers, part of the sprint. So on Saturday, he worked his way up from 20th to 5th, then gets sent back to last place, fights back to fifth, gets back to tenth for the start, and then he wins the race. Um, and as Matt says, it was a combination of great strategy from Mercedes, unconscious driving by Hamilton and the car. He was truly outside of himself a man possessed. So there's a little wow. report from Formula One. Thanks to Matt, I saw commercials for the you know Formula One was in Mexico, and I'm like, oh, I remember he said that's a crazy good time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Matt's gone to that. Yeah. He talked about it on the yeah. show. So it's like, I was like, wait, I, I, we've had a first time to count that. Like, this one's a little different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, coming back to the world of the NFL, uh, we've had some we've had some good stuff um, in the NFL the last week or so. Um, We especially here with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So the big news over the week was that uh, Cam Newton was uh, signed back with the Panthers for for a two year deal um, when they uh, went ahead and put uh, Sam Darnold on the shelf. Yes. Mostly for a shoulder injury, but also I think everyone's everyone else's shoulder was hurting from raising their hands up over their head going what how can you throw that yeah i i, I think maybe the the sam darnold experiment we kind of know who he is at this point a little bit yeah and um what what a glorious return literally the first two times that cam newton uh, touched the ball he didn't start um, yeah. they have um pj walker pj walker who mm-hmm. comes from the short-lived uh, uh, uh football league in the spring there right um but uh, yeah, they had you know there were uh, a goal line stand, and so like here comes Cam, just you know runs a quarterback sneak around and just overpowers his way into the end zone as yeah. we've seen him do so many times, 
and then he came back in and uh, threw a touchdown. Yeah, and and so a lot of the and we got the full cam experience because of course he took off his helmet to yeah. celebrate, and that's fifteen so, yeah, yards after and, uh, yeah. you know, a couple years of like I'm rooting for Cam, you know, like I, I just I don't feel that like he got a, a great deal, yeah. blah, blah, blah. and as soon as he did that, I was like. Eh. Yeah, I'm not rooting for you anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, happy for him, but yeah. I was like, really? I, and I have to admit that, like, I uh, I didn't watch that Carolina Panthers game, but I saw all these headlines yeah. about Cam, and I was like, oh wow, I I thought he just signed there, and then I saw like, yeah, he had two plays. And all the headlines were about that. I'm like, what about this guy, PJ Walker, right. who basically had the big plays to get them in the position, but all anybody is talking about is Cam. Uh, so I, I felt a little bad for PJ Walker, right. I have to say. Like, that's your first NFL start, and you get the win, and all anybody is talking about is like, this part-time quarterback who came in. Technically, he had one start oh, at the tail end of last season. Yes. And actually, in all his games from the other league, what was the league? Uh, XFL. XFL, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, he is now 7-0 and as a starter. How about uh, that? So there's just something to that. Um, but uh, Peyton Manning can't say that. Tom yeah. Brady can't say no, that. No, I'm sure Cam Newton, after everything, you know, again, yeah. being, uh, you know, did go and play hard for mm. the Patriots uh, and just was sort of... Uh, and I thought the Patriots were... Uh, handled the week well. Also, they're like, I agree. Um, oh, we we hold Cam in high regard. We just made an investment in a rookie player, yep. and we thought it would be best for him not to have mm-hmm. a legend sort of hanging, uh, you know, lur- lurking on the sidelines. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but uh, yeah, and yeah, so uh, we are uh, our Bill Murray on the show, Philip Chester, who's been <laughs> is sort of our, our senior Carolina sports correspondent. Um, he just had a baby. Yeah. Um, Hooray, uh, Philip. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Philip and Leslie. And so I reached out to him. I was like, well, I'm happy that he gets to kind of show his little baby, like, that's Cam Newton. As I said, it's like, he used to be Superman, but now he's just a stop, stopgap measure. Kind of thing. Um, <laughs> well, and it sounds like Cam is going to start next week. Yeah. So, so as as thank you, done. PJ Walker, for your service. Oh. Yeah. And, and we've always said that I'm not necessarily a Panthers fan, but you want your local team to at least be interesting because that's the game you're going to get on right. on every Sunday, uh, unless they're uh, on a bye. Um so, yeah, just the last couple of weeks, you're like, why is this game on? You're why, right. Uh. I know. But they went to Arizona yeah. and had had a nice victory uh, against what, was, at the time, was the number one ranked team in the league. Yeah. I mean, they're dealing with some injuries with Kyler Murray being out, and mm-hmm. then even Colt McCoy was injured, so right. they went to their third string quarterback at that point. But His guess guy, what? I don't know his name. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Panthers were playing their third string quarterback. The, at that exactly. Point, so, uh, yeah. Everyone has to deal with that. But uh, hooray for, if you know, for Panthers fans, there's not been a lot to, to cheer about. Uh, McCaffrey is back as well. Mm-hmm. So that combination of, of Cam and McCaffrey, uh, again, is like... Seems hmm. like old times. Yes. Yeah. Um, we also got, uh, there was a fun thing, um, Seahawks Packers played. It was not a great game to watch. Pretty no. Pretty boring, um, but uh, DK Metcalf, uh, star, uh, giant wide receiver for the Seahawks, he got, actually got ejected in the game. Mm-hmm. But then he tried to sneak back in. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, and like there is this. Did he do th- the Bobby Valentine fake mustache? <laughs> <laughs> I really wish he had like over his face mask or something like that. But I, I don't know if he forgot and just was like, I, I got to get in there, or if it was like. Maybe nobody will notice. But yeah, he was in the huddle. He made it all the way to the huddle. Wow. And he got a little like tap on the shoulder <laughs> like, yeah, you're supposed to be over there. Uh, and he's like, oh, 
Right. Or, just like switch it. No, I'm wet calf. Yes. That's the other guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, KD wet calf. <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, you know, just the, the sports media yeah. frenzy these days. Like, why must everyone talk about Aaron Rodgers? But he did remind her, like, yeah, if I'm going to play, I'm going to be the best player yeah. on the field. And he was. There was some, we talked about this. So, yeah, the, the Bills, after having a frustrating loss the yeah. previous week against Jacksonville, where they didn't yeah. even score a touchdown, um, they scored several from both sides, offense yes. and defense, uh, as they yeah. reminded people, wow, Bills are good and the Jets are not. Yeah, winning 45-17. But we also saw that the uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, also coming off of a disappointing loss uh, against the Denver Bron- Broncos, who just beat them straight up. And then they came out and just yeah. destroyed the Atlanta Falcons. So I said this comparison to you that it was kind of like, um, yeah, they both teams were like, we're better than this. We're going to like pound this team into the ground and not let up. And it was kind of like they were BCS schools right. trying to like show the committee like, yes, we're that much better than these we're not just we going to beat Rutgers. We're going to destroy Rutgers. <laughs> yes, we're going to salt their fields, yeah. you know. And, you know, and uh, playing against the Jets, that's highly satisfying. Sure. Uh, it's not often that I will sit and just be impressed with the spirit of the Dallas Cowboys. They've yeah. always had talented players. But, right. Um, tail end of the first half, they're up 35-3, to three, maybe that yeah. point, 28-3. Um and they clearly, you know, like a minute and a half left, they clearly want to stop. They're calling timeouts because they want the ball back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sure, if they do stop. But even that, they're like, we're not even going to wait for that. They bust through and get this blocked punt, <laughs> which wasn't even the arm. The guy got so like into it, it bounced off like his chest plate. He's like, ah! Yeah. And then run and pick it up, just touch down the end zone. And then they still were like, can we still score? You know? <laughs> right. I just love that idea of like, yeah, like let's which I always thought you saw with the Patriots sometimes. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just beat this team. We want to beat next week's team because right. they're so in their head already with how good we are. Totally. Yeah. And I, so I think there is a little bit of that and also a little bit of like you want your players to feel well yeah. about uh, about a victory. And so, yeah, I mean, the Bills were, were passing until pretty late. And, um, and there was a thing where like, Josh Allen like threw an interception and it was a it was a really good play by the Jets player it wasn't like a terrible throw by Allen or something like that and you could see him sort of like grinning and like ah, I gotta get that back and then like he comes right back in and they throw another touchdown pass to be like yeah you celebrated that you're not going to celebrate this uh, some interesting games coming up this weekend oh, the, yeah. the Cowboys uh, traveled to Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. for a, a pretty interesting game Kansas City has not played all that well of late, but they have won the last three or four games. Yeah. And it did put it on the Raiders pretty good as they sort of like, oh, right. If just throw it to Travis Kelsey a bunch early and yeah. then uh, let uh, Speedy Guy get free later. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um, so uh, that that could be interesting. But I am curious, uh, do you know when, when do the Bills and the Patriots uh, play each other? It's in a few weeks because... This weekend is Bills against Colts, and I will be at that game. Oh, that's exciting. The Bunn family is traveling up early for Thanksgiving, and um, we are going to the game with uh, Paul Sinta, um, Jeff Kingsley, and Libby Bunn, my sister, that's all cool. of whom have been guests on the yes. show. We are, And we're looking for tailgating spots. Um, and anyone else who's ever walked by our house. Yes. <laughs> Levi uh, has already asked if uh, we'll be bringing a plastic table to break in the parking yeah. lot. Um, 
Uh, no comment on whether or not I'm bringing lighter fluid with me as well. Uh, so that's happening. And then the Bills play the Saints on Thanksgiving night that week. So we get to see two Bills games. We're not going to that game because it's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But we get to see two Bills games while we're in uh, while we're in Buffalo. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.